0: Greetings. Welcome to season one, episode 35 of the Legacy Drawing Board, the podcast journey and experience that wants you to build a stronger, more meaningful legacy by embracing good design principles. I'm your host, Ron Fong. And as your host, I always want to welcome you and make sure that I'm providing value for your time. For the new listeners, who want to provide an overview. The vision of the podcast is to have people see themselves in the world through the lens of, design, of lens of legacy design and building. The mission is to introduce people into the world of design and have them emerge as storytellers. And finally, the purpose, the, the big why. The why is that there's a perpetual need for leadership that calls all of us to edify others through enduring relationships. Your legacy is your story. It's your message. It's something that you're working on every moment, every day. It's important that you have intentionality and that you're delivering the message you want to deliver. For this episode, I'm going to talk about white space. Sometimes in design, it's also referred to as negative space. And even at times, some people will say empty space, which to me is Redundant get back to the roots of this podcast in terms of introducing the elements of design into building your legacy. You are familiar with white space. You see it all the time in terms of advertisement and in terms of logos. I'll refer to two logos to just give you an orientation example. I suspect that most of you are quite familiar with the FedEx logo. But have you ever noticed the space between the E and the X? It forms an arrow that goes from left to right. Uh, the other example is the World Wildlife Foundation where you have a panda. And actually it's not a complete panda. There's uh, bits and pieces of an outline. And then the white space fills it in so that your eye actually does most of the work. And you actually see, you, you think you see a full panda. That's, that's very clever and it's great, but the idea of what I call spacing, it's active, it's intentional. The spacing that you put into your legacy and your communication, it's not to be clever, but it's to be clear. So what is why is spacing important? Well, I'm gonna to refer to a online article by uh, Pateek uh, Hedgede called The Importance of White Space in Design. And this breaks down the elements of what I'm going to call spacing and how it clears, it, it makes your communication clear. That way, the person that you're interacting with, the relationship you have, there's going to be an ease in terms of the flow of communication. For any speaker, you don't want to make your audience work in terms of comprehending what you sh- you're saying. If you're showing respect to your audience, you're going to take the time To pay attention to details and clearly design things so that flows and that way it's an easy road for your audience to maneuver. Uh, In the article uh, the importance of white space design the author talks about improved comprehension. You're going to see this as something as simple as your text uh, whether it's uh, most likely to email or in terms of uh, manuscripts articles that you write in terms of the line spacing whether it's a, a, a 1.5 space or two space and we know that we don't use one uh, one line space because it makes it so hard for people to read The other is focus and attention You give people too much and you're going to get basically stimulation overload You give too much for people to comprehend to the sip through you're making them work You're making them decide what's important and what's not important. And that's not their job. That's your job. Your job is to present concise, germane information. That way there's nothing left over for the person. There's no extra. There's nothing that is going to hang over there that really doesn't contribute to your message. Increased interaction rate. And this is kind of back and forth. That as the person's reading it, they're starting to pick up what you're saying And not only is it back and forth between the content and the audience, but it actually moves the audience forward. And what it does is that um, what I'm going to call spacing, it guides the user through logical grouping. If you look at ads or you look at websites, a host of things, when you have multiple elements, are you grouping them together in such a way that makes sense for the individual? And I talked about this in terms of hierarchy, which is another important element in design in episode 10. Hierarchy takes the elements of design, such as color, font, text, uh, size, perspective, lighting, and it gives them a hierarchy that you established for the uh, audience. What's important? You provide them a roadmap. That way, when they see the visual... They know that there's a, there, there's going to be a gradation and that there's an understanding of that. Are you building towards something that's getting more important? That's what hierarchy does. And again, the fact of spacing helps in terms of guiding the user through a logical grouping. It's intuitive. It makes sense why you're putting certain elements together or you're separating certain elements. Uh, this is probably more for work. It's about the branding and the design, design tone. What are you saying with this in terms of your use of spacing? Is it one of those things where you want to give the audience, the reader, a sense of calm? That way you're not going to uh, overwhelm them or even intrude or bother them. with a lot of things that really don't help advance your message. The calmness and the focus is on what you have to say. And finally, it creates a breathing space for user. And I'm going to get into this. This is where the real practical application is about the the application of spacing uh, into design, into your design of your legacy. Your legacy, again, it's gonna be built upon your relationships. And one of the key relationships is the parent-child relationship. And we've seen uh, in recent times, the term helicopter parents where the parents will oversee their child's life and development to the point that, and this is an extreme, or definitely the exception, not the rule, I hope it's not the rule, the parents of actually accompanying adult children to their job interviews. There is absolutely no space. At that point, the parents have not, there's no trust. There's a lack of trust in terms of presenting their child with a blank canvas. It's going to be the paint by the numbers. And when you take that paint by the numbers approach, it's binary. Either you do it right or you don't. Whereas you give someone a blank canvas, there's going to be a multitude of ways of doing something, expressing themselves. And the nice thing is about it, you may be very pleasantly surprised because it's something that you may never have thought thought of yourself. You're allowing someone to grow. You're allowing someone to express themselves. And again, it's the trust that's within the relationship and creating, again, going back to this key element of creating breathing space for users. We're in a hyper-stimulated environment Uh, from the get-go, from the time we get up to the time we go to sleep, we're probably exhausted. We're probably on our uh, smartphones, whatnot, or we're at our computer, And there's just so many ways in which we can be distracted, we can be interrupted, and really really don't have breathing space. We're always answering someone's text, we're answering someone's call. Uh, It's really almost a 24-7 life cycle that we have. And it's it's very evident in terms of how we communicate and how we interact with people. Uh, Especially now with Zoom meetings, it's just back to back. You don't even get that time between meetings before when it was in person, at least at five minutes just walking somewhere from eight you know from location A to B. It's just zoom it's click, click, click. And this I was very evident to me in terms of a hyper uh, stimulated environment and how that impacts interactions. When I was at UC Davis and I was on faculty, family medicine residents would see a patient present to me and we would discuss the case and move forward, and and that would be part of the resident's training of discussing a case, adding knowledge, nuance, in order that they can build upon their expertise. One time a resident gave me a very detailed presentation, and it took me a while to process all the details, and I was sitting there, and I didn't say anything. I was thinking, and that silence became uncomfortable for the resident. It must have seemed like an eternity eternity to that individual, but I think it probably was no more than 30 seconds where I just didn't say anything. I was thinking. After the 31st second, the resident asked, is something wrong? And I said, no, I'm thinking. And they replied, goes, oh, I thought something was wrong or I thought you were mad at me. And we've gotten to the point now where we don't design Breathing space for our conversations, for thought. If it's everything has to be filled, and we see that in terms of for those of you that, you know that uh, have to have PowerPoint presentations, slide presentations in your daily work, we see that where people run through slides, they don't present. It's a sprint. It's a sprint with a mar- with a marathon load of information, which just does not work. The, the, the slides are poorly designed. It's it's too packed. And again, I've mentioned in previous episodes how you should never say, "I'm sorry that this slide's too busy." No, if it's too busy, it's your job to streamline it or not present it at all. That's simply inconsiderate of your audience. But we're getting away. We're getting. We're getting. We get away with that. We we perpetuate that. We just bombard people. And that's not a relationship. That's a data dump. We just spew spew things without thought to design. And that's why design is so important in terms of your communication, your messaging, and your relationship building. It's about the idea that it is a back and forth, but to move forward in your relationship and to help others advance in terms of what they want to do, not what you want to do. Take a moment, take a pause. Let's pause for a moment. Let's create a little bit of breathing space. Think about your legacy. Think about how you've been messaging. Have you been micromanaging the people at work and your family? Have you made it a unilateral, not even a relationship, a unilateral, unilateral dynamic In which basically you're going to do all the talking and none of the listening. That's why spacing becomes important. It's not something that's left over in which you have to fill. Spacing and design is intentional. There's a reason why you leave that portion blank. There's a reason why you want to allow the eye to be able to focus on something. There's a reason that you have so much trust in your audience. You have so much trust in that person in relationship that you don't have to say everything, that you don't have to go through the minutia. There's a trust there that they are smart enough, capable enough to pick up on things. Or again, for your children, that's part of the learning curve. They're not going to learn if you don't give them the room to grow. Giving individuals the room to grow is a wonderful gift. Giving them the room to fall short or fail, and I don't think those are bad things. That means they tried something, it didn't work out. But part of your legacy is that are you the type of individual that's going to be there and help them say, all right, uh, plan A didn't work. Let's go to plan B. Let's keep moving forward. We have just gotten to a point where it's overload. People talk about burnout. People talk about, uh, obviously, after the pandemic of you know isolation. So we're not we're even more uh, going to be less attuned to picking up on nuances. And we all know the awkwardness of Zoom meetings where there's silence. And that shouldn't be the case where there's where silence is awkward. We should have that expectation that during our conversations or interactions, there's going to be a time and place for content. And there's going to be a time and place for reflection. Because if we don't have that reflection, we'll never maximize the value of that content. Think about your legacy. What do you really want to say and how do you want to be remembered? What's your message? Are you going to be the individual that loved the sound of your own voice and just overwhelmed people? And that you weren't really interested in what they had to say. You weren't interested in whether your content actually provided value to that individual and helped move them forward. Is that the legacy you want? Or, or are you going to rethink this and say that now my legacy is that I'm going to, again, to focus on intentionality, the focus on design, and I'm going to inc- incorporate spacing into my legacy. I'm going to have allow people to breathe, to catch their breath, and it's going to be something in which it's going to allow people room to grow, allow people to help fill in and the space themselves. That is the importance of spacing in your legacy. Again, want to thank you for your time in terms of listening. I'm very grateful for that. And I realize that you have uh, so many other uh, interests and things that t- priorities that take your time. And for you to listen to this is, uh, again, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful blessing to me, and I thank you for that. I ask, again, even though I've asked for your time, I want to ask one more thing, is that if you have comments, uh, critiques, questions, please contact me. My email address is rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. And this is a, the podcast is a companion to my website. If you're interested in exploring, you know, how to build your legacy through design, then I invite you to visit my website and sign up for a complimentary session on how we can work together to help design and build your legacy. If you are looking for a guest speaker in terms of legacy building, mentorship, leadership, please contact me as well. The, my next for my next episode, I have a very special guest. Uh, Dr. Ronald Chambers is the residency director at the Mercy Methodist uh, resident, Family Medicine Residency Program, Sacramento. He's been on faculty for I think at least ten years. His legacy is in, part of his legacy is involves the training of the next generation of family physicians, which is a very obviously a very worthwhile endeavor. But what sets Dr. Chambers apart is his advocacy in terms of human trafficking and trying to address it so that his charges that the next generation of family physicians, that is a core skill set that they have. That not only can they treat, you know, all the ailments that come across uh, all your chronic diseases. But to help those individuals who are victims of human trafficking, and in terms of helping them break them out of that cycle, that cycle of bondage. Uh, it was a very enlightening uh, interview for me when I spoke to Dr. Chambers, and I hope you'll join us for the following episode. Until next time, I hope that you give your legacy the time and attention it deserves and give it space give it room to breathe because if you don't give it if you don't give things space they'll never grow take care